It takes more than declaring Jira ticket bankruptcy to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 160. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers about non-technical topics. I declare bankruptcy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm just trying to think what would happen if I did that. If you yelled out loud, I declare bankruptcy? Yeah. No, if I just deleted all our Jira backlog, no. <laughs> like what would life be better or worse? Having groomed thousands and thousands of issues in the past, I can say life would probably be about the same. Yeah. <laughs> that people would kind of generally know what to do. Mm-hmm. And all those issues that are there because you're afraid to say, we're never going to do this, would just go away. Uh-huh. Hmm. At my last company, I had this little technique where I set up like, I, I wanted to delete these tickets so bad, but there was always someone who was like, oh, I don't want to lose track of that. I'm like, yeah. okay. So I would set up a dedicated project, which I eventually called the graveyard. <laughs> and I would just put them I in there. I have one called the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, like, I know that no one is ever going to look at these, yep. but to make you feel better and to let me effectively delete them, I'm just going to put them in the graveyard. Yeah. The Reaper comes for all tickets eventually. (laughs) Well, that's not what this show's about. Nope. (laughs) Anyways, let's thank our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to Matthew Voidovich, the Agile Ventures Charity, Zach Grannon, Luis Santos, Nick Cantar, Sean Clayton, Ivo Robotnik, Sunny Tai, Sonic the Hedgehog, Marie Rousseau, Chris Hogan. Thank you so much to those folks. And thank you to everyone else who is contributing. If you want to contribute to our Patreon, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And you get something for it now. You get to join our Slack team and chat with us and other soft skills listeners. You can be on the team. On, join our team. Yeah. <laughs> we'll extend firm handshakes to y'all. <laughs> Do you want to read our first question, Dave? You bet. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, is it weird to have one-on-ones, but not with my manager? My management is planning to start holding one-on-ones every six to eight weeks for the development team. The purpose of these one-on-ones is, quote, so you can talk about non-technical things or any issues with the team or things that are making you unhappy, close quote. But these one-on-ones will be with someone who is nominally, quote, HR, not our manager. Since it's a tiny company, their responsibilities cover things like accounting and sales support. This person doesn't have any people management or software product development experience, nor any experience in our product domain, and won't really be our manager going forward. Maybe I should just... (laughs) Musical notes emoji, quit my job. (laughs) And then, is that the disco guy emoji? That's a dancer emoji, yeah. That's a dancer. (laughs) Then we'll have new and unfamiliar problems to worry about. (laughs) Drop of sweat emoji. (laughs) Am I getting better at saying the names of the emojis? Just tell me. Be honest. Yeah, they're really rolling off the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Is it weird to have one-on-ones but not with my manager? Yes. (laughs) That's weird. The way that the question asker says it, management is planning to start holding one-on-ones every six to eight weeks for the development team. That kind of sounds like they're going to get everyone in a room and then put this <laughs> HR person in the room with everyone and say, all right, it's time for your bi-monthly one-on-one all together now. Like, your yeah. your semi-quarterly one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, this, this looks like someone that dug up a hieroglyphic of a management book and read something <laughs> about one-on-ones and is trying to decipher it through a language barrier or something. Uh, yep. 
<laughs> I've had one-on-ones not with my manager, like with peers and other people on other teams I want to stay connected to and stuff like that. That's just hanging out, though. That's not a one-on-one, right? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I call them catch-ups or sync-ups or something. Okay. But there are two people on either side of a table, which, you know, when you write one-on-one with a little colon between the two number ones, that's what that represents. Okay. Two people sitting at a table. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Did you ask them if there were any issues with their team? Like, it just <laughs> seems really weird if some random coworker from the same team or a different team, that'd be equally weird. Yeah, you know, I used to think it was weird too. It's a big company thing though, I think. So the the first person that ever did this to me was a former Googler and we were at a startup together and he set up like a monthly recurring one-on-one on my calendar. And I was like, huh? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's weird. And then we did them every month and it was like, oh, this is this is great. We get to just talk about, you know, what's on your mind? What are you working on? What's going on on your team? And we just stayed connected and it was awesome. And then I joined a big company and I now do, I've got probably four or five people that I have monthly events on my calendar where I just sit down with them to just, just to make sure I make time to meet with people that I think are important to stay connected to. And, and we just talk about what's going on with our jobs and, you know, what problems we're facing. And, and once in a while, we find things we can help each other out with. It's great. I laughed, Dave. And then when you said that, I realized that I did that too. And it was great. <laughs> there was a peer. I think ours were weekly because our teams worked really closely together. And we just talked about what was going on. But it wasn't this... There, there was no mentorship or... Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, I will solve your problems for you or, or tell me all your cares. It was more like, our teams work together. Let's kind of talk about how that's going. Yeah, and I have mentoring one-on-ones as well, where I've like specifically entered into a mentoring relationship with someone. But that's not really what I'm talking about here. It sounds like you and I are doing the same things. Yeah. Is that at your current job or previous? It wasn't my current job. The person who I did that with left, though, so I don't oh, way do to go. anymore. Maybe I should... <laughs> yeah it drove them away (laughs) maybe i should start it up again yeah but it wasn't this situation where it's it's someone kind of random who has no real insight into what i'm doing but it seems like there's some amount of authority conferred by management saying Mm -hmm. hey do one-on-ones with this person i have not had that happen to me before me neither thank goodness Sounds like it's time to start. Maybe I should. Maybe I should reach out to someone in HR or someone yeah. in sales and just be like, hey, um, it's time for our monthly one-on-one. <laughs> yep. Call up the customer service people. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, why? Why are they doing this? I'm going to guess that, I mean, my, I'm going to put on my very generous hat and I'm going to guess that they are trying to make sure everyone has an opportunity to report issues that they would not be comfortable reporting to their manager who signs their paycheck or to their peers, you know, or other management in their chain, but they make sure that everyone has access to HR. And, and HR is kind of an air quotes here because it sounds like this is a diffuse HR responsibility yeah, or diluted a little bit by other responsibilities. We left this out, but the company's pretty small too. I think they said 20 or so people. So small company, probably growing, probably making sure that everyone has a good vehicle for reporting issues. Hmm. That's what I'm going to guess. So you're saying that's their intent. Do you think this accomplishes that intent? I think the question behind that question is, have I ever had a positive outcome (laughs) from a situation involving HR? Poor HR. The only time they show up is as the bad guys in stories. I know. It's too bad. But in real life, too, in my experience. (laughs) (laughs) 
wow, these stories just really jump off the page. <laughs> yeah. My experience has matched the stories I've heard, I guess, is how I'll put it. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. I worked at a startup where there was a there was a guy who he he roughly did like operations stuff, but that involved some amount of HR. And he was really great. I really enjoyed talking to him. But I don't think I ever talked about HR things with him. It was like expense reporting and like everything plus some HR stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have one-on-ones with him to talk about my experience about problems and things that were making the team unhappy. Was this person able to do anything about it? No, I didn't. And, and Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> everything i've said so far is a lie i've been in this exact situation he probably would have been able to listen and nod sadly i mean we were friends we would like kind of gripe about stuff or talk okay. about things that were going on but it, it was it was as friends not as an official reporting relationship or anything okay presumably there's some kind of technical leadership why wouldn't you just have it with that person what's the point of putting someone who isn't technical in that role <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're trying to justify it. And the answer is, no, it's weird. There's there's no justification. But the other question is, maybe I should quit my job. Is this weird enough that the question asker should bounce or should they just deal with it and, and kind of make it through some awkward times every two months? Well, to be clear, that wasn't exactly the question. The question was, musical notes emoji, should I yeah, quit my true. job? <laughs> musical notes boogeyman, boogie dance guy. Maybe I should just quit my job. <laughs> and in that case, yes. I mean, if dancing and singing is involved, I would say go for it. You'll make memories. <laughs> and then you do the West Side Story, like, snap. Yes, exactly. Snap march out the door. Exactly. <laughs> I would not leave my job over this. This is, like, totally no big deal. And first of all, this arrangement that they've created will absolutely not scale as your company grows. And these will just naturally fizzle out. There's just no, I mean, this, this thing is going nowhere. <laughs> okay. Know? So you're, that's a good point. One-on-ones get canceled all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that when the motivations are this weird, they're just gonna, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. This is not going to be permanent. The bureaucratic <laughs> machine will grind to a halt. Yes. <laughs> And no one will ask, how come we don't have those one-on-ones anymore? That was the best part. How are we going to solve all the problems that we're experiencing on a dev team without talking to someone in HR slash sales support slash yeah. accounting? Yeah. <laughs> Every six to eight weeks, I just feel a hole in my heart. <laughs> so I wouldn't worry, wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sure they're a talented individual. And yeah, I think you've convinced me. Okay. All right. You well, hold on me. then. I'm not worried. Let's get either. to the really hard-hitting crux of this question. When you send a calendar invite for someone to have a one-on-one -on -one with them, what do you write? Do you write one colon one, one hyphen one, one slash one, O-N-E dash O-N dash O-N-E? I mean, what do you do? Or 11 if you're an anarchist. <laughs> you just send them an invite that says 11. 11. 11 what? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. Let me check my calendar. I do one colon one. Mm -hmm. See, and I read that as one to one. It's a ratio. Which is true. Oh, well, someone. Okay, this is my boss. My boss does one hyphen one, which could be one minus one, which uh -huh. could be zero. Exactly. Which could mean every week I get fired. <laughs>
I read a sci-fi book a long time ago, and I don't remember which one it was, but one of the twists was that the hero always gets out of these inescapable situations, but really he doesn't. He dies, and then they just spin up a new clone and like somehow download memories onto him. So maybe that's what's happening. Maybe I am this week's Jameson, and then next week a new Jameson will arise. Cool. So you're saying there's like malevolent undertones depending on which punctuation you use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can read into it and know, is this person setting up a one-on-one with me to criticize me or to support me? Yeah. Based on the calendar invite. <laughs> well, have we answered the question? I think so. I'd say good luck. It's probably fine. I wouldn't worry one bit about it. Best of luck. All right. I will read our next question. This is from an anonymous listener. Hello, Jameson and Dave. I have a question on career progression, tech skills, and moving into a new role. I'm a career switcher who has spent the last four years studying to move into a developer role. Over the last year, I've been working on a technical project that has been delivered on time, under budget, and ahead of schedule, a huge win for me and the team. However, now that it's done, my manager's manager is looking at how the team is structured and who we need to hire. He has come to me and my manager to ask if I would like to move into more of a project manager business analyst role, as I have done such a good job of the project rollout this year. I'm good at that kind of work. I do get a kick out of it. But if I don't push forward to move into a developer role, have I wasted the last four years retraining? Should I take the role and continue to push to be a full-time developer on a team or accept my fate but use the skills I've gained to be a better BA? Or you could take another role that's not on the table on the menu right now, which is (laughs) CEO. That's, yeah, that'd be some judo where your manager's manager says, hey, do you want to have this job and then you yank their arm use their weight against them and switch places and now they're the business analyst and you are their boss's boss (laughs) i think that's a coup isn't it (laughs) yeah a mutiny accept my fate you know all my best life decisions started with me saying i accept my fate (laughs) right that's just a sign that that's what i was meant to do (laughs) it's my calling in life to What's like the most boring thing I've done in my life? I know. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking, like reviewing all my bad no, decisions. I really, I really <laughs> should have kept going with Elchem. <laughs> Working as an hourly employee at a dry cleaner was was my calling. <laughs> yep. That was your call. That was your fate. Maybe I should have just left the wedgie in that the bully gave me. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's what I'm destined for. <laughs> that, may have been, that may have been the funniest thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good heavens. Yeah, I guess my point is... Let's get this thing back on track. I don't think you should accept your fate because it doesn't really sound like what you want to do. I mean... It, oh, man. So many, isn't it true that in your career there's just so many uh, options that you choose because they were there? And someone is rewarding your success, right? It sounds like they're saying, hey, you did really good at this. What if we just make this a thing and say, this is your job? And as someone who has a hard time saying no, I can see that happening to me, where, where my job gets shunted into wherever I get the most praise instead of what I actually want to do. Exactly. And you usually you get yeah, the most praise for true. doing things no one else wants to do. Yeah. My cats do that. I just hold out my hand and then they like come rub their heads on my <laughs> hand. And I move my hand and then they move over to where my hand is. So I'm just thinking like taking this to the extreme. Like, Jameson, 
You did such a good job <laughs> triaging those 4,000 Jira tickets that no one's looked at for five years. How would you like to do that full oh, time? Boy. I accept my fate. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, leaving the wedgie in or <laughs> taking that job? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the broad thing of there's work beyond writing the code that gets done, and then you have to decide, do I do that work instead of writing the code? I feel like I've seen that quite a bit, and mm -hmm. I've talked about this a bunch before. There's, there's this slide deck about being glue that talks about this a lot, about how there's all this glue work you do besides the pure technical work, and the glue work can kind of suck you in if you're not careful and if you don't want to go there, and I think it's specifically written for people who, who come from other backgrounds or kind of the, the not standard tech employee. And it recommends avoid the glue work as much as you can until you have a really solid technical background and, and pedigree, because otherwise you'll get pigeonholed as someone who isn't technical and isn't able to do that work. So that's a decision you kind of move over to that right. later in your career deliberately when you can back it up and say, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I've delivered all these things. I've done all this stuff. And then that will make it easier for you to contribute in those roles instead of being dismissed as just the project manager who doesn't know how to write code or doesn't know things about the technical requirements or whatever. Yeah, totally good. And I, I was kind of going to come down on that side of the fence on this one too and say, in this case, I would recommend going, go for the coding position here. You know, you've spent mm -hmm. the last four years training for this. I would say you need to get some return on that investment. Try it. And it sounds like you've got built-in really good project management business analyst skills already. And if you don't like the role of a software developer, then you can just back out and go down this path if you want. I, mean, I don't think this yeah. door is going to close I also want to be clear that I'm not saying that being a developer is better or harder or more prestigious than being a project manager or business analyst or anything. I'm not saying you should do this because those other jobs suck. It's more like, it sounds like you want to do this. And even if you do do those other jobs, it will. I think you'll be better at them if you have more experience writing software. Also, this is a a change oh, yeah. I noticed since sure. moving more into management. As an individual contributor, developer, if you have good communication and organization skills and you can do the technical things, you're a unicorn. You you stick out. People say nice things about you all the time and they're they're <laughs> astonished when you yeah. say like, "Well, what would the customer yeah. think about this feature?" It's it's like it's like a little kid saying <laughs> his first word or something like, "Oh, the developer cares about the customer." That's adorable. And yeah, let's encourage what a precocious so cute. little child, you know, like it's, it's, it's really nice and, and also helps doing the work as a developer. But since moving into management, no one pats me on the head anymore for saying, <laughs> what would the customer think about this feature? You know, like all these other things beyond <laughs> writing code that I enjoy, they're kind of more part of the job and less of, they're less multipliers on your ability to write code and more just kind of the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and base expectations. What, what's my point here? I think my point is you can accomplish really great things as an individual contributor if you have strong skills that would translate to project management. And then mm -hmm. if you want to, you can use those skills at that actual career later, but they serve you well as an individual contributor. Yeah. I would offer one word of caution here. If you do decide to take our advice and go down the developer track, at least for a while, 
I'm going to guess that it's going to be a lot harder for you than you're used to. Like, it sounds like with this project management and business analyst roles, it's come quite naturally to you. And maybe maybe not, maybe that's not the case. Maybe you've spent your whole career honing those skills. But based on the question, it sounds like you're just really good at this naturally. And so given that you've spent the last four years tooling and preparing for this moment, when you jump into your first developer job, it's usually not just like smooth sailing, you know? Yeah. Like there's a lot of mistakes to be made, a lot of lessons you need to learn. And I would say, don't get discouraged if after, you know, six months, you're just like, oh, I'm failing all the time. This is so hard. You know, I'd stick with it anyway and just give it a year or two. You know, you've already invested four years of training. Why not give it at least a couple of years to to prove it out? I still feel like that when Mm -hmm. I switch jobs for the first six months. I just feel like I'm just drowning for a while. So, and that's not even switching careers. That's just the same job at a different company or vaguely the same job if you squint. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. Do the thing. If you don't like it, you can do the other thing. Perfect. <laughs> if you don't like that wedgie, no, you can pull it this out. This is the opposite. This is like, put it back in. Oh, you, you can know, put the wedgie back in. Accept your fate. <laughs> I, I think it might be worth talking about how you position this because the question askers, no. Wait, position I'll... what? The wedgie? Oh, dear. <laughs> Just can't get my mind off of that. Get your mind off of it. <laughs> the question... <laughs> the question asker's boss's boss is saying, hey, you should do this thing. And it could be seen as an opportunity to step up, you know, like step into this new responsibility. And h- how do you make yourself look good while saying, actually, I want to do this other thing, not the thing you're asking me to do, you know? How do you sell yourself into that new role yes, instead of the, that's hard messaging. the one they've kind of seen you doing already successfully? Yes, that is hard. And this is this is particularly <laughs> hard for people like Jameson <laughs> because, you know, here yep. the hand has been extended yep, and the cat wants nature. to rub the head, you know? <laughs> and I think that, yeah, you definitely want to prepare a good narrative for this so that it's clear to your boss, like, look, I appreciate the offer. That is an interesting role to me. I think I'm good at it. But I want to take my career in this direction for the time being. And I want to leave that door open. In the future, I may want to go down that path. But I think right now... The most valuable thing I can do for myself and for this company is to work in this capacity. Do you think there's some way this could turn into a negotiation? Like, should you say, I mean, I don't want to do this, but if you do these things, I feel like you would only be able to do that if you gave your first answer and they said, we're doomed without you. Please, 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 please. And then you could maybe have a little bit of wiggle room to say, here's what I would want to make that happen. It's kind of like you're negotiating a job offer again Hmm. because you would be. It sounds like you'd be switching jobs. And when you say what I want, you're talking about a private office with a nice, Uh, comfy chair. That's what I would do with whatever they gave me. I would use it to acquire that. So yeah, just cut out the steps (laughs) in the middle. (laughs) Money? Oh yeah, this is that stuff I use to buy a private office with a chair. (laughs) Health benefits. That's so that my body is healthy enough to sit in this chair. Time to go and back home to my replica office so with chair, chair. In it, <laughs> that I have in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like your messaging around saying, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is this is where I want my career to go. Because it's kind of hard to argue with, too. If you say that, there, if I think that makes it clear. It's not that you are unambitious or kind of shrinking away from the responsibility or incapable of it. It's that you're being deliberate about it and there's things you want mm-hmm. and you're, you're trying to work towards them, which I think would come off well. I agree. 
I agree. And I think so many people in their careers just don't say out loud what they want and yeah. instead try to please their boss. I had someone at an early job ask me to lead a team and I didn't have a good answer. I was scared and I said, I'm actually scared to do that. So <laughs> they said, okay. And then I didn't do it. And I don't think I would have been good at it at that point in my career, but I didn't have a polished narrative around, hey, I, I want to focus on these skills more. It was like, what about that mean person on the team? <laughs> <laughs> What's not polished about saying, I'm scared? <laughs> that was the same meeting where I ate That's so, so much wasabi that I started crying and my nose ran a lot. This was, yeah, this was with my CEO. <laughs> I really pulled out the big guns. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, we've answered the question, right. I think. Eat some wasabi. Yep. Eat a lot of wasabi. And rage cry. And <laughs> yeah, I think that'll do it. Good luck. Perfect. What can people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. And if you want to support the show, click support us on Patreon. Also, please leave reviews on iTunes if you know how to do that. And if you don't, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> you're saying I don't know how you to do it either. author all 25 or however many we have. Okay. I wrote one of them. Oh, we have a lot more than 25. Whoa, There's like okay, cool. Push Great work. Keep it up. Yeah. Just on a loop. I read them every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I'm a very well, slow reader. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>